Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. The Sensemaker. Hello, I'm Tomini, and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. To find out more about Tortoise and how to become a member, take a look at the episode description. Today, the battle for eastern Ukraine could decide the fate of the entire country. But both Russia and Ukraine are claiming successes in the region. Who is really winning and why? Russian and Syrian planes obliterated rebel-held neighborhoods of Aleppo. Civilian rescue workers were among the targets. Seven years ago, and a thousand miles away from Kyiv, Russian airstrikes helped flatten the Syrian city of Aleppo. It was the linchpin of a Moscow offensive that turned the tide of the Syrian civil war in favor of the country's dictator Bashar al-Assad. Hospitals, schools, people queuing for food, no civilian target was off-limits. One of the strikes was a so-called double tap. The second bomb exploding just as the rescuers were frantically digging out victims from the first. This ruthlessness was spearheaded by a general called Alexander Dvornikov, whose tactics went down a storm in the Kremlin. He was awarded a Hero of Russia medal for his success in Syria. If you're a regular Sensemaker listener, you might recognise his name. A few weeks ago, we told you about his latest assignment. In early April, Vladimir Putin put Alexander Dvornikov in command of Russian forces across Ukraine. At a time when Russia was meeting tough resistance, his appointment sent two messages to the world. One, that Russia was now focused on victory in the East after setbacks elsewhere. Alexander Dvornikov has been in charge of the military division that covers Crimea and Donbass since 2016, so he knows the area well. And two, that Moscow will be willing to wage a brutal campaign in the region to get what it wants. So what have we seen happen in eastern Ukraine since? The ferocity of Russia's war against Ukraine has intensified, with missiles launched from the ground and from the air, pounding Ukrainian positions in the eastern Donbass region. As the war stretches on, Russia's attacks in the east have grown ever more fierce. This footage on social media shows what's said to be Russian thermobaric weapons raining down on Ukrainian positions in Donetsk, one of the disputed regions of the Donbass that are now the front line in this war. Russian forces are bombarding the last remaining strongholds in the eastern part of Ukraine. The mayor of one city in the Donbass region says 1,500 people have been killed and more than 60% of the residential buildings destroyed but they haven't translated into decisive success. Severodonetsk, a key strategic city being fought over by Russia and Ukraine, is an indicator of how topsy-turvy the war has become. Battles are raging in neighbouring Lysychansk and Severodonetsk that Russian forces say they control almost completely. It appeared Ukraine was on the verge of losing Severodonetsk, 
But last Sunday, it said it had managed to regain half the city. And then a day later, the governor of Luhansk in Donbass said the situation had worsened again. If Severodonetsk falls, Russia would hold almost all of Luhansk, half of the Donbass region coveted by Vladimir Putin. But the bigger picture is this. If you look at a map of Russian-held territory in Ukraine today, it doesn't look all that different from a month ago. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The question of who's winning in eastern Ukraine is, in part, a matter of perspective. What the Pentagon calls Russia's plodding and incremental pace could also be described as a creeping advance. Russia has taken Mariupol, an important strategic city linking Crimea and the south. But it has lost Kharkiv, Ukraine's second largest city. Moscow is thought to have used up more than 60% of its high-precision weapons, but the Ukrainian president says his forces are being outmatched 20 to 1 by Russian artillery. What we can say is this. Ukraine is not turning out to be a replay of Syria. For one thing, the Russian air force does not control the skies over eastern Ukraine. And crucially, the likes of America are sending Ukraine the kind of weaponry that the Syrian rebels could only have dreamt of. Today, the administration unveiled a new $700 million package of weapons for Ukraine. It includes the most advanced rockets yet to be used in that country's conflict with Russia. What this means is that even if Russia does take a city like Severodonetsk, there's no guarantee it will keep hold of it. Ukraine's ability to draw on Western arms and its extraordinary resilience against an enormous Russian army makes it really difficult to figure out who's winning in eastern Ukraine, let alone who will win full stop. A war of attrition lies ahead, which will test Western patience on one side and the morale of Russian troops on the other. The fact Alexander Dvornikov hasn't been seen in public in weeks has raised eyebrows, but it's probably a distraction. He might yet play a bit part role in a long, long battle for Eastern Ukraine and for the future of the country. Thanks for listening to The Sensemaker. Today's story was written and mixed by Xavier Greenwood. Since the war in Ukraine began, Tortoise has been publishing messages from people living through the invasion. It's called Invaded, Voicemails from Ukraine. You can hear them wherever you get your podcasts. The Sensemaker. I'm James Harding. I'm the editor of Tortoise and the host of The News Meeting. It's the podcast where we try and make sense of what should be leading the news with three people who each come and pitch the story that they think matters the most. On the latest episode, we're joined by the journalist, historian and author Satnam Sanghera. Like almost everyone, we go down the rabbit hole of that Princess of Wales photo editing story and then Satnam explains why he thinks the Church of England paying reparations for its links to slavery should really be leading the news. 
Just search for Tortoise News wherever you get your podcasts and follow the feed so you don't miss an episode.